You're listening to Faith and Fostering, the podcast where people of faith chat about foster care in the Australian context to encourage, edify and educate others along the journey. Hello and welcome to another episode of Faith and Fostering. It's Terry with you here and I have the handsome, lovely husband of mine, Phil Thompson, on the other side. How are you, honey? Good, good. I'm tucked away at the other end of the house so we don't get an echo <laughs> on the audio recording, but I'm good. I'm good. That's good. Uh, this is the second time that you've premiered on, well, it's not premiered, I guess now, but that you've featured on Faith and Fostering and Last time we talked about the challenges of being a foster hubby, I think. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, and, you know, we talked about how I, you know, dealt with you with all your crying um, <laughs> and, you know, breakdowns and things like that and uh, all my issues. And it was good. It was cathartic. I got a lot off my chest and I felt <laughs> a lot better after that podcast. So thank you. <laughs> oh, that's good. I'm glad we can share that with, you know, whoever listens. Um, yes. Definitely, I'm sure it's entertaining, if nothing else, hopefully entertaining. But um, today we wanted to sort of look at, uh, I guess, kind of the theme of our chat is the work of restoration. Um, We've had four little ones through our home, so by no means are we um, experts. Uh, And obviously every, um, you know, time you get little ones in your home, it's different. There's different challenges, big kids, all sorts of, there's lots of things going on. But yeah, we just thought we would share our experience um, through the, the process of that and being fairly new, I guess things are pretty fresh and um, and we have, yeah, had two sibling sets that have been with us for different amounts of time, um, both quite little, being restored back to mum and dad and then an ensuing um, relationship that we've maintained with mum and dad, which I think for all of us has been probably the best part. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Meeting the parents has, has been amazing and seeing a family restored is, I must say, it's a unique experience, isn't it? I mean, I, I never yeah. thought uh, I would experience anything like this. I certainly never would have thought I'd experience it twice in my lifetime. I mean, you know, as we've said before, I mean, six or seven years ago, we never thought we would step into foster care. Um, it wasn't really on our radar and God really directed us down that path. Um, and then you know, when you hear of all the dramas in foster care and all the fractious relationships and things like that, um, to see two sets of children, I would say quite happily, happily restored to family uh, has just been an amazing experience and a unique experience, certainly enriching for us. Um, Ultimately, even from the beginning of um, the story that God writes in history, you know, from the very beginning, God created a lot of things, but he created the family, didn't he? And so ultimately, yeah. as we work as restorers in the world, as, as Christians, as believers, as followers of Jesus, we do like to see things restored. It doesn't always happen. And sometimes, yeah. the, sometimes the best way to restore is that a child who comes from a difficult background, uh, you know, is fostered long term by a family or is adopted long-term by family or is under guardianship uh, by, by another family. And that is a way of bringing a child into a, a new family in a sense. And that is a form of restoration in itself. But mm. this is uh, a form of restoration also, you know, for a child to go back to the family that they were born into. And let's face it, um, all children 
separated from their family. There's always going to be this tug uh, back to their birth family, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, even when we talk about our journey, um, that has been one that's involved some pretty um, amazing moments and joy as we've interacted with biological family. That is certainly not the story for many people. Often um, interacting with a biological family is the most challenging part of the journey yes. um, for many carers. And so it really does, um, like there are just so many factors, aren't there? It's like it's there's no recipe that you get to follow because it's people and people are different. Well, and yeah, just, I mean, that's, that's right. Yeah. You know, I remember when, you know, when we stepped into foster care, there is that moment where you get to meet uh, perhaps, you know, not, not all foster carers meet the biological mum or dad, or, or but for you and I, um, you know, on both occasions, we got to meet mum and dad both times. But but whenever you do it, that, that first meeting, whether it's a quick hello at a, at a so-called contact that they have with, with kids, um, you know, whether, whether it's a wave from across a playground, that first contact you have, like, um, let's be honest, you know, both of us, Terry, you and I would be you know, a little nervous, always a little nervous because you're not quite sure what you're walking into. And even when you're fostering children, like you don't even get their whole backstory, really. No one, no. it takes months and months and months to pin together the backstory of where they've even come from. So it's not like you walk into these, you know, interactions with people, with, you know, biological mum and dad, and you really know everything that's going on. Um, often we don't even know the details of, I mean, from our experience, we didn't even know all the all the nitty gritty details of while they were in care. You know, you get some some vague language, um, but yeah, I mean, certainly, I just remember being nervous on the first occasions that I met uh, both sets of parents because you just don't know like what you're walking into. You you're optimistic, you're you're positive, you're hopeful. Um, ultimately, I think we're hopeful people because we are um, people of God. And God actually sends us out, like I say, as restorers and, and people who want to build bridges and people who see the possibilities, not the drawbacks. But um, I must say, I, I remember feeling um, a sense of trepidation. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, one of the things that helped us, and it was advice that I received from a lady from My Forever Family, which was... If you, because quite often you're not meeting biological parents until a little bit into the time of having the children, depending on what all the um, environmental factors are. But she recommended just starting like a contact book, a little journal or, yeah, that you put in the bag when you send them off um, for wherever it is they're meeting. And it's up to the parents if they want to write in there or ask you any questions. And basically you just open up a communication mm, channel. That's right. Um at a time when, yes, there's no phone numbers exchanged, you're not sort of seeing each other face-to-face and yeah. there's very little information moving between the two parties. And that book, I think, both times for us, yes, was really successful and um, and it both was. times the families engaged and both times the families made an effort to write in that book and um, ask questions That's and right. both times actually that book was a very positive experience. Um, sometimes I guess those sorts of things like there might, it could go badly. It could, um, you know, they could write accusations in there or they could tell you what they don't like or all sorts of things. But in our experience, that wasn't the, the case. And, 
it was very positive and I think that actually helped then launch us into a positive first-time interaction um, Absolutely. through that. And if you think about it, you know, it was a $2, you know, 100-page exercise book that we bought. Yeah. And what you'd done on both occasions is you had written the first page and you had, you know, written it. Um, you hadn't even dated it, you know, like you just said, hey, uh, I think you, you probably had mum's name probably uh, or mum yeah. and dad's name. That's all you had to go on, you know, hey, such and such and such and such, just saying it's a real honour. I can't remember what you wrote, but it's probably something like it's a real honour to have your kids staying with us and et cetera, et cetera. If you've got any questions, put them in here. You know, and those little things um, are so important, aren't they? And I think from a, from a biological parent's point of view, as child's been taken into care, um, they still want lines of communication as to, um, to the people who are looking after their kids. And it's an honouring um, posture because you're saying, you know, over time you're asking questions about, oh, look, you know, um, oh, we're just thinking about, you know, toilet training, um, you know, uh, little little such and such. Uh, what, what do you think about that? And so they actually get to have input. Uh, they actually get to write yeah. their opinion. Um, and you can, yeah. you can actually... You know, so much of the communication around what happens when, it, when a kid's in care, um, it's all the higher level stuff and probably what they're missing out on is the discussion around the little things about, you know, uh, little, little Johnny took his first steps, you know, and, and, um, or, you know, little Johnny fell over and, and you know, bumped his head or, um, you know, uh, little little Johnny's not eating much at dinner. You know, I'm trying everything, and then they write back and say, "Oh, look, we tried everything with little Johnny too." And so, it's um, look, it really starts from a place of commonality, and and you can start to bond yeah. bond over similar experiences, and and you know, it is pretty remarkable the power of that that book, and 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 honestly, like Terry, you and I, we we jumped into foster care because of our faith, and. And at the end of the day, we've also used that line of communication to just share our, our heart in, you know, just real simple ways, um, not over the top in a sense, but just when you get the opportunity um, as, as well and just be open and honest with, with people. Um, yeah. I, I think that was a real win. I think it was a real win. Yeah. I, I did have a yeah. question for you in terms of all this mm -hmm. restoration stuff and and. You know, I remember years, probably three, four years, four years ago when we were praying about, you know, going into foster care and all that, um, you said, oh, I want to pray about fostering a family. And that mm -hmm. that was definitely something you were, you were praying about and, you know, I prayed about it with you eventually. Um, uh, but it took, me, it took me aback because, you know, sometimes we can come into things with a very narrow view and a very risk-averse view and not so much a God ambitious view, um, the ambitions for God in a situation. And I think what you did there is you sort of stepped back and said, well, what does God want? And mm. really, God, God wants to take things back to Eden, really. That's where everything's headed eventually. Uh, there's going to be full restoration of all things eventually. And so we're, we're a part of kind of bringing that even now, um, despite the disasters in the world. Um, and... So you, you prayed into that and, yeah, I mean, that took me back at the time because we were doing a bit of research about foster care and all that sort of stuff and all. And you do hear just a lot of 
rough stories. Um, anyway, after doing it twice, my question for you was, uh, are you finding this a little bit addictive? <laughs> um, yes, I think I have actually said that out loud. Um because it is uh, an adventure, isn't it, in the, in the most positive terms. And I guess when I say adventure, like there is no adventure that is comfortable, predictable um, and safe because then it wouldn't be an adventure. It would just be kind of, I don't know, boring probably. Um, but foster care is anything but boring because you are taking these wildly unknown um, factors and you're bringing them in pretty much as close as you can bring anything because it comes straight into your home through the front door and it just um, it invades your whole life so it's not something that you allocate a time and a place for it is something that just yeah changes the whole way that you do some things and obviously we have learned um, and even right from the start it's we have family structures and rhythms that are already in place and when little ones come into the home we they kind of mold into those family structures and rhythms that we have and I guess they find their place in our family but there is no way that that doesn't um, mix up the dynamic and so yes I think that adventure there like any adventure there are times where you think I want to quit I hate this adventure mm. whose idea was this uh this is terrible and I am crying in the shower but then there are also moments where you're like this is the best thing I've ever done I can feel my faith at work I can feel my character growing I can um see practically so practically um yeah my faith in action I guess um and I think that is the part that is, yeah, is something that you just, despite the cost, want to do over and over again. Mm. And for anybody, I think, that use, uses their gifts in service of the Lord, like goes out um, to serve and to love in a really intentional way, that feeling that you get when you are using your gifts to bring something supernatural and something positive and something good and restoring and yeah. healing into the life of someone else you just feel like that is kind of absolute satisfaction yeah. and and purpose and really our experience um, in foster care has brought all those things together and who wouldn't want that it is uh it is a reminder of uh, what you said there about do, doing god's work you, you know it mm -hmm. gives us fuel really yeah uh, it reminds me of Jesus sitting down at the well when he was tired. Um, scripture says he was he was tired, uh, obviously fully man, fully God. Um, and the disciples go away. The woman, the famous woman at the well, uh, comes out with a jar of water. She comes out looking for water. She just wants you know water to drink. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, after after Jesus' interaction with with her, which is which is quite well known. Um, Jesus says to the disciples, you know, um, my food is to is to do the, the will of my father. Um, and, you know, he was tired, but the work of Father God sustained him. Um, and, and I think, uh, yeah, when we're going about this work, it can be like that. We're tired. We hit the pillow of a night. Uh, it doesn't take uh, any, any time for the for the. 
eyeballs to roll back and go to sleep. Um, and you know, you can be yeah. exhausted at times and, uh, maybe even a little beaten up and churned up at times. Um, but there is a, an enduring sustainment and food that comes. Uh, and I think that's why it does become, uh, addictive, yeah, addictive in a good way uh, because we're getting some sort of sustainment from it. Um, yeah. And it's not just a quick uh, a quick sugar hit. Um, and, you know, I, I think about, you know, the, our experiences in the last few years in these restorations um, with these children in our lives, the valleys have been deeper but the mountaintops have been higher. Um, than what they would have been without these little kids and their families in our lives. And, um, you know, the, the, the hard days are harder than what they would have been, but the, the good days are, are great, great days. Yeah. And, yeah, I, th- there's just an element of the addictive in the adventure. And I just remember, you know, uh, a month or two ago, you know, we were kicking back with one of the families at a birthday, you know, by the river. And you're meeting all the extended family. Uh, you're seeing the two little ones with their mum and dad. You're seeing mum and dad going strong. Um, yeah, you know, kicking back and, and reading the Bible with dad. Or, you know, um, those are real mountaintop, mountaintop moments. Uh, you know, we can, we can sit back and decry the state of the world, can't we? But... Um, then the next step is to step in and do something that Jesus would want us to do. But then when you see a Jesus wrought result, uh, that's something else to behold. And once, once you taste a little bit of that, it's a bit like sharing the gospel with someone and you see it take root and, you know, it transforms them. You know, once you get a taste of that, it's very hard to go back to, um, the temporal way of living. It's very hard to go back to a way of living that doesn't, focus itself entirely on eternal life uh so that's very sweet so i think that's why it's been addictive for me um did you have any questions for me did you want to put me in the hot seat i will um just while we're talking about this i'll tell one little story um before i go on with my question we had to get the girls some sneakers yesterday and so we went off to rebel sport and the last time that we were in rebel sport we had a two and a three-year-old with us, and I try um, as much as possible not to have the little ones with me in the shops because, <laughs> as any other foster carer would know, it is just the height often of you know pain and suffering uh, having two little ones in a, a confined space where there's lots of things to pull off racks and all sorts oh, of things. Anyway, we in the had... shops put everything at the lowest <laughs> level. Let's put, let, yeah, you take it to yep. Christmas shopping, and you think, okay, I'll do this, and they talk you into it. And uh, so you've got your bigger kids with you, you've got your, your tiny little ones with you and you get mm-hmm. to the checkouts at, uh, you know, one of the big, uh, I don't know, big W or something or Target or whatever, uh, Coles or Woolies and uh, all the way to the checkout there's, you know, little lollies, you know, two foot high off the ground and chocolates and toys and anyway. Yeah, and so the girls in, you know, so the two little ones were strapped into the pram, so that was kind of a win. Um, And then we're in there and then obviously the girls are like trying on sneakers and this and you don't have much of a window. And I remember like 
yeah, the kids were just kind of escalating. And they said they did really well. They were like, you know, probably pretty good for 10 minutes, which was great. And then we hit that 15-minute mark and, yeah, it all just started going pear-shaped. And um, in the end, I think we just kind of left in a, a kind of cacophony of crying and I don't think we bought anything. I think I just said the girls... Yeah. That's the phrase right there, a cacophony of <laughs> That was my life. I'm like, leave the shoes, leave the T-shirt. Like, we are getting out of here. And it was all um, quite dramatic. And then yesterday we were back at Rebel Sport and it was just the two big girls and it was just this really calm, quiet, here are the shoes, try them on. I <laughs> know oh, I like those ones better. And you just leave feeling like a normal person. And I think that is the cost of foster care. Like situations that you know could be so straightforward um, are no longer straightforward. They come with all these layers of challenge and cost. And that is absolutely the reality. Um, but like we've just said, the addictive kind of layer over that is um, all the good that that is bringing for the long term, like you were saying, for like even eternity you know, prayerfully. Um, And all those little moments of having to exit rebel sport or not get done what you wanted to get done or work a million times harder than the person next to you doing the same thing. Yeah, they're the deeper valley. What's it in perspective? Yeah, you realise that that is perspective. Um, Valleys are deeper. But when when you climb out of deeper valleys and when you climb higher mountains, you get fitter, don't you? spiritually yes yeah so we've also both grown and our family our children have grown through this process and matured and yeah there are things that um they grow that maybe are um harder like i I mean there's some things that could be detrimental to them i'm sure there are some things that are there are many parents that have kind of looked back and gone oh my biological children have really felt this or this is being you know a sacrifice that they've made that they have been regretful over and so it's not always oh yeah it's worth it but um for the most part especially in our experience it has been yeah. worth it I'll let but you, i will oh yeah, yeah. No, I'll, I'll let you throw me that question but i was just going to make a quick observation yes. and that is i found myself um as we caught up with families and you know as we've seen families restored it's interesting when we catch up with the families i find myself interacting and going deeper more with the, the parents now so yes. um with the little ones that we restored uh what two years ago now um and they were with us for 18 months um you know yeah like we we say hello to the little ones and you know pick up the little ones for a cuddle and give them a high five and ask them how they're going and and they play with our kids most of them play with our kids but largely yes. largely you know, I'm I'm catching up with dad and mum, really. Like that's and and really, that's probably what I'm more interested in these days. I, I just, that was just an observation. We hope you enjoyed part one of this faith and fostering podcast. You can tune in for part two next week. And in the meantime, let's remember: every child deserves a family. <laughs>